welcome to the Championship Roundtable podcast. Uh, this is the first podcast for the new 2018-19 season. Uh, so we're going to kick it off. I'm your host, uh, Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter, which is just my name, at Louis Shackshaft. Hi, I'm Simon Pickup. I'm editor of the Tyhurst End uh, Reading website. Um, we cover everything about Reading news, analysis, opinion, all of that. So uh, go check us out on Twitter as, as well. Hi, my name's Gitta Llewellyn, Swansea City fan, making my debut on the podcast. Uh, also a contributor to the Jackcast podcast, which you can find on Twitter at the Jackcast. Thank you for joining us, guys. Um, it seems strange because, obviously, we've had a World Cup in between um, the season ending and the new one commencing. Uh, so it seems ages ago since we actually recorded a proper championship pod. Uh, but it's great to have you with us, uh, obviously, Gutu mentioned there he's uh, making his debut for the wrong reasons, obviously because he's a Swansea City fan and they were relegated, unfortunately, into the championship. So that's going to be where we kind of kick off. Um, a quick reminder of who was promoted and relegated um, into the championship. So obviously Stoke City, Swansea City, West Brom came down from the Premier League with Wigan, Blackburn and Rotherham being promoted from League One. Uh, we're going to kick off to discuss if you want to team by team or just generally, if we start with you, Simeon, how you think these teams will fare in the Championship this season? I think when you're looking at teams that come down from the Premier League, you're looking at the um, the teams that are most stable, that are kind of uh, in the best position off the pitch. Um, and I guess for all those teams that have come down, they're all in, in different problems really it's more that they came down from the Premier League not because they weren't good enough that they didn't have the right players but because they just seemed to kind of lose their way a bit when they're in the Premier League um all had some interesting appointments in terms of manager um Gary Rowett's very good at Stoke it'll be interesting to see how he does with a um a pretty big budget at Stoke he's made some good signings there like Tom Ince and Ben Akafobe um West Brom going for more of a um, in-house appointment with Darren Morton that's quite interesting and he should know the team well and really have that that fan connection that you really need to kind of build up the the, the morale at the club so I think that'll be something that counts for them um, and with Graham Potter at Swansea that's a really interesting development as well to see how he's going to um, adapt into English football they might have to be a bit more um, patient with that I think just letting him bed in and really kind of get up to the speed of the championship in English football so probably best not for any of those teams to really expect a um a really quick start to the season perhaps stoke are probably the best in that but uh in the long term I'm, i see them all doing pretty well um and they should all be fine financially certainly better than a lot of um other teams in the division so yeah they should be fine um as the teams coming up in at the championship um it's hard to tell really um blackburn and wigan and rotherham have all um been here pretty pretty recently so um yeah it's going to be tough for them to kind of really kind of cement their place in the championship after a few kind of years uh, a few years bouncing around between the championship and league one um but yeah they've got some good players particularly bradley dack over at um blackburn is someone that i'm really interested to see how he's going to adapt into the second tier yeah, I'm glad you mentioned, actually, uh, talking about Swansea, uh, Graham Potter. I'm really interested to see how uh, he does this season. That would be very interesting. Um, I don't think either that Stoke, Swansea and West Brom are 
all going to do a Sunderland. I can't see one of those being relegated next season. I think potentially all their home form, you know, I I can't see them going on a slump. They should all potentially be finishing top half, if not a couple of those fighting for, again, promotion. Um, But obviously, we've got Guto on uh, the championship pod. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, it it is a summer change for all three of those relegated sides um, to varying degrees. All the change managers are in. West Brom's case have appointed, you know, the, the caretaker then. Um, I agree that Stoke are probably the best place to go back up. Um, I mean, they're so Shakiri, But other than that, they've they've kept uh, a lot of their squads together and they are making real moves to to strengthen that squad. I mean, bringing in somebody like Tom Ince, who who wasn't good enough for the Premier League, but who has proven himself, you know, a, a difference maker in the championship. Um, Gary Raworth as well, a, a manager who knows this division, has a couple of years' experience in it now and um, you, you'd think that with uh, the makings of a decent squad there at Stoke, um, that he can take them back up. They've got good financial backing from um, uh, from, from the chairman, Peter Coates, I think it is. Um, you know, they, they, they are financially in a better situation than the other two teams. I think they've probably got a better squad than the other two teams, and they've had less upheaval. Um, I, I think I, I expected West Brom to make a few more moves than they have, but they, they look like they're just concentrating on kind of keeping what they had last year together. Um, they had a decent end to the season, actually, uh, last year, uh, which kind of gave them hope that they could do all right in the championship when they came down. With, with Swansea, it is a different case. Um, I mean, for most of last season, we were dreadful. The squad was nowhere near good enough for the for the Premier League. And there was a real feeling around the club that it had lost its way. And there has been a, an obvious effort to kind of change everything at the club from manager scouting department uh, players it's not been easy um i mean the the we, we knew that we'd have to sell players before we could bring anybody in and the selling has been difficult because nobody is buying at the moment um so uh we've still got the likes of jordan ayu uh alfie mawson um you know players who we thought we'd be able to get a little bit of money in for the you know, other clubs are just hesitant about buying at the moment. We're seeing it all over the place, mm-hmm. um, and it's not been an ideal summer for us. So I think we're going to find it more difficult. But having said that, I think Stoke and West Brom would have had their eyes firmly fixed on an immediate return to the Premier League, whereas uh, our ambitions are more long term and trying to just rebuild uh, the club basically and 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 try and get a philosophy in place which um which, which does look a little bit more long term rather than just looking for quick fixes that might get us challenging for promotion straight away so in terms of those relegated sides i would say stoke are probably the best place west brom i would expect to to also be um to also have a reasonable season swansea it's very difficult at this stage to say where we're going to be but i think we are further behind those two teams um, in terms of the teams coming up, it, it is going to be interesting because Blackburn and Wigan were very impressive in, in League One last season. Um, they looked like the kind of teams um, who would not just go up but would do well in the Championship. Wigan, of course, had that fantastic um, run in the FA Cup. They've got a very good manager um, who, you know, we, we're all looking forward to seeing how he does in the in the Championship. They've got a good squad, yeah. um, played good football too. I mean, the last time Wigan went up, they they really didn't adapt at all to to life in the uh, championship and went straight back down. Um, this time, I think they could they they really should be expecting to do quite a bit better than that. And the same goes for for, um, for for Blackburn. You know, again, they really had a good season, played some good attacking football. Um, 
I mean, Bradley Dak is the is the key man there. He is you know their main player, and I would expect him to make that leap to the championship. And and he was, you know, everybody says he was one of the best players in the league one last season. He, there's no reason why he can't be um, very effective in the championship next season too. Rotherham, it's a bit different. I, I'm not. They don't have a strong squad on paper. Um, they were quite um, quite far behind those those top two in the in the table. Uh, went up through the playoffs. Of course, uh, they haven't made massive moves in the in the um, in the transfer window. I, I think they are more likely to struggle than the other two teams. I mean, it's easy to say that because they are the playoff they are the playoff winners rather than the the team that's had a couple of extra weeks to prepare. But I'm, I'm seeing less potential for them to do well. I think they will be one of the strugglers. Yeah, I completely agree. You've made some great points there, and and you would. You know, like you say, it's easy to say, but I'd expect Rotherham to struggle. I think actually Wigan and um, Blackburn will be okay uh, coming into the new season. I, I expect them both to survive. You know, even if it is only just. Uh, but in terms of the Premier League teams that have come down, I think you touched on a great point there, Guto, mentioning um, it's all about the long term with Swansea. I still expect Swansea to challenge next season in terms of you know a, a playoff push or even more so with a bit of luck uh, but I do think that Stoke City are the strongest side that have come down and I do expect them to potentially be one of the favourites to go straight back up as you mentioned uh, but we've touched on a little bit there uh, regarding transfers and incomings and outgoings at these clubs um, so we're just going to quickly discuss um, has your side recruited well this summer and not only that are there any sides that have made any any really significant signings that will make a key difference to to those those clubs next season? If if you want to touch on that, uh, Simeon. Yeah, as for Reading, it's been really disappointing. Actually, we were hoping to really um, invest a lot, really upgrade the squad because there's a there's a decent amount of kind of decent players in our team. Um, some players with a lot of potential. People like Elory, Kelly, Swift, Aluko, who are decent players, but they really need some proper quality in there um, in midfield, controlling the midfield, um, some creativity going forwards and a proper goal scorer as well. And we were really hoping to spend a couple of million and really kind of go ambitious and go big and really try and put last season behind us, but we just haven't done it. Um, we've brought in about five or six signings so far and all but one of them have been free transfers. Um, people like John O'Shea, David Myler, Andy Yeardon, they're all they're decent enough signings, maybe not John O'Shea, perhaps 37 and just come off two relegations with Sunderland. They're, they're okay signings, but they're not really those marquee signings that are really going to improve the first team and really give us that morale boost that we need, to be honest. Because last season was so demoralising, so uh, depressing for the fans, to be honest. We wanted to just forget about it and have something really exciting to look forward to, whether it's a a big-name striker or a creative player from the lower leagues. We were looking at Marcus Madison a couple of weeks ago, apparently, from Peterborough, who did really well in, in League One last season. It would have been great to see him come in, but unfortunately that hasn't really gone through for whatever reason. Got Mark McNulty in from Coventry, scored a lot of goals last year for Coventry. Uh, I think about 28 in all competitions, something like that. But making the step up from the fourth tier up to the championship is going to be really difficult for someone who's not really been able to do that before. I think he was at Sheffield United um, a couple of seasons ago and never really kind of established himself back then. So 
coming back into the championship, it's he's an unknown quantity. Um, so that's going to be um, a, a tough one to really work out. As for other teams and their recruitment, I'm really impressed by Bristol City, actually. I know they've lost some really good players in Bobby Reed and Aidan Flint for a lot of money, and I think Joe Bryan might be on his way out as well. So that's a lot of quality going out from their first team, but they've replaced them, I think, very astutely. Um, I think it's Mo Iza, Iza, who's coming from Cheltenham, scored a lot of goals in League 2 last year, a bit like Mark Minolte, that making that step up from League 2 to the Championship. And if he if he can adapt, then he should be a good source of goals um, as a replacement for Bobby Reid. Um, Adam Webster as well, coming in from Ipswich, good centre-half replacement for Aidan Flint. And they've added some Championship experience as well with Andreas Feynman as well, Marley Watkins. Yeah. Not really... Um, uh, star-studded signings in the same way that other teams are making at the moment, but they're addressing that lack of out-and-out championship experience they had and really bringing in some pros that are going to improve the team, I think. So despite that lack of, that loss of um, quality in Reed and Flint and probably Brian as well, they should be able to um, kick on and improve on last season. Yeah, I agree. I think Bristol City have definitely uh, recruited well, even though, like you mentioned there, the, the big names and, uh, sorry, not big names and, you know, they might be riding on a bit of luck with some of those, but they've, they've all got potential to do really well in this division. You mentioned Flint there, so I'll just mention him. For me, Flint is probably the best defender in the championship last season and, you know, again, going to Borough, he's gone to another championship club for seven million and, what a fantastic signing, like I say, I don't think you can find many better defenders in this division. He's got everything you need in a central defender, so that's a great signing. Uh, what about yourself, Guto, in terms of Swansea and other other key uh, signings that have stood out for you this, this uh, summer? Uh, in terms of Swansea, it's been a slow summer, um, but we've had to wait for these big names to leave, like I told you uh, earlier, that they, they are slow to depart. Andre Ayew has just left for Fenerbahce, um, but that's on loan, uh, and um, so that that all that does really is get him off the wage bill. Um, we've we've lost Lukas Fabianski, which isn't a surprise uh, considering he's a one of the best keep, well, probably one of the top five or six keepers in the Premier League over recent seasons. Um, but didn't make that much money on on, on him, just a couple of million. Um, Keyson Young left on a free, so the the. And well, I think Cal Barton left for about four or five million in the end. So we've had a few players out, not really brought a massive amount of cash into the club, and that's really tied our hands uh, when it comes to incoming transfers because we've only made three signings, and all of them have been nineteen-year-olds. Um, probably the the biggest name among them is Joel Osoro, um, who uh, of course had flashes uh, at Sunderland last season where. Um, you know, he, he had the odd moment which stood out in a, in a, in a really bleak side. Um, and he's still young, he's still developing, and, and, you know, you can't really read too much into pre-season, but he's had a decent pre-season as well. Um, so he's really the big expectation, but the hope is that we, we haven't finished our transfers yet and that in the closing two weeks we are going to be spending a bit of money because there are some quite significant gaps in that side, uh, especially when you consider the players who are expected to leave over the coming weeks. Um, so, yeah, it's still incomplete, really, from a Swansea point of view. And I think 
looking around the division, it's it's quite similar elsewhere. Really, not a lot of teams just haven't spent any money. Um, really looking for loan deals or really cheap options, um, which is surprising on the one hand. But then I think what what we've seen is that prices are so high at the moment that clubs are just saying we're not going to pay it anymore. We are going to or either that or we're going to wait until the end of the season, uh, end of the summer, when clubs may get a little bit desperate and are willing to sell for a, a cut price. Um, so really, we haven't seen many transfers at all. If you take away Stoke and Nottingham Forest's transfers, um, I, I think there's only been about a little more than 50 million spent in the championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, isn't, isn't a great deal really in, in the current era, especially when you look at how many, how, how much is, can be spent on just one player. Um, but in, in terms of impressive transfer activity, I... I'm looking at Derby. Um, I think they've not spent a massive amount on on fees as such. They've got Harry Wilson on in on loan, who as a Welshman that that's extremely exciting. Um, he he showed brilliant potential Hull last season. Slightly surprised, if anything, that no Premier League teams uh, wanted to bring him in on loan. I definitely think Cardiff could have used a player of his um, skill set, but he's ended up at Derby, and I think you know nobody knows how uh, Frank Lampard's going to turn out as a manager, but. If anybody can teach Harry Wilson to become a better attacking midfielder, it's him. Same goes for Mason Mount, who they got him on loan from Chelsea. I think Jack Marriott, the price they've got him, is a steal. Um, again, a player who looked really good in League One and you, has the kind of attributes that make you think he'll be able to make the step up in, in the championship. Um, so in, in that sense, I'm looking at, at Derby and thinking, well, actually, they're addressing a major problem in their side, which was the aging squad that they bringing in a bit of youth there and they are hungry really talented youngsters who if they get coached in the right way um can really terrorize defenses uh, over the coming season um i mean obviously nottingham forest have been splashing the cash but it's very difficult to know you know how that's going to turn up they've gone for a joao carvalho which is intriguing they've, they've spent about 30 million pounds on him um for a player who's played 24 top flight games in yeah. portugal um, I mean, who knows how that is going to turn out? They, they're obviously trying to go down the Wolves route um, of investing in uh, quite a lot in, uh, in in young Portuguese talent. We'll have to wait, but but in the Championship, if somebody spends thirty million pounds on a player, you're expecting a lot. But really, for me, the the main story from this summer is how little um, clubs are spending and, and how everybody's kind of waiting until the final weeks to see what happens. Yeah, it's a good point. Again, you know, um, you've mentioned there a lot of teams relying on loans to bring players in. And, you know, you've, you've mentioned a few players there that I've wrote down as, as key transfers this summer. And, and number one for me, the big one is Harry Wilson on loan. I know, albeit on loan, but to Derby, um, he was absolutely fantastic for Hull last season or at the back end of the season. He scored seven goals in 13. And I think, like you've mentioned there, he addresses a lot of areas that teams need in in this division um you know i'm sure 23 24 teams would have loved a player like harry wilson in their team for this season I'm, and i am surprised he hasn't managed to um get a loan deal to a lower league premier league team but i'm sure he'll do very well at derby so he's obviously one player to look out for um you mentioned carvalho as well uh, going from benfica to forest for 13 million which is a very interesting signing see how that one goes but the other big one for me i thought they've done really well to get uh, lewis graben on board he had a fantastic season last season in terms of goals although be it um 
Sunderland were relegated, spending half of the season there in the northeast, and then again at Aston Villa. But in total, he scored 20 goals in 34 league appearances last season in the Championship. So that's a fantastic signing for Nottingham Forest, although it was an undisclosed fee. So I'm not able to give you a transfer fee figure on that one. I've already mentioned Aidan Aiden Flint, who again, I believe is uh, one of or the best defender in the division going to Borough. And then Leeds United, actually, uh, another loan deal. But Lewis Baker from Chelsea to Leeds is, uh, you know, he's got fantastic potential. Uh, That could be a great signing for them. And although it's not happened as yet, I believe that um, Leeds United have had a £3 million bid accepted from Wolves uh, for Barry Douglas, who had an absolute, worldly ever season last season in their promotion season with Wolverhampton Wonders. So if they manage to get him at uh, what's reported for £3 million would be a fantastic signing for Leeds United. So a couple to watch out for there. Uh, in terms of Sheffield Wednesday, <laughs> that's who I'm a fan of, so I'll quickly touch on them. We've brought in absolutely nobody whatsoever, but that is due to financial fair play restrictions. Uh, we've also, We've already got a a huge squad with, you know, 28 to 30 and we're relying on uh, youth players coming through and at the back end of last season with our new manager, Jos Lukai, um, he brought those players into the first team and they did really well. So again, like I mentioned, we're relying on those players. We have offloaded a couple of players in terms of Jordan Rhodes going to Norwich. So that'll be interesting. I'm hoping... I don't know if I'm hoping or not hoping that he finds form at Norwich. I mean, I mean in a, in, he's there for a season. He'll, he'll probably end up probably banging a goal against Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, but we offloaded Jack Hunt for about £2.5 million to Bristol City. Um, so that's another player that they've brought in. And it was a shame to lose him. But in terms of, like I mentioned, financial fair play, we need to uh, recoup some money back. Uh, so moving on to the next topic. Um, is player watch. I know we've mentioned some decent players uh, incoming over the course of the summer, uh, but are there any particular players to watch out for in the championship this season, Simeon? Yeah, I think a lot of the players we've already um, mentioned, Barry Douglas, really good at Wolves last year. Can't believe they're letting him go, to be honest. Um, getting all those, um, I think he's pretty potent from assists and goals last season from uh, left wing back. So being able to get him for a couple of million from Leeds' point of view is really good business. Um, Derby's recruits as well, Mount, um, Wilson and Marriott should all be... Um, they should be pretty good over the course of the season, but I just imagine that they'll take a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months to really settle in and really kind of get up to speed with the Championship. None of them have really played a full season in the Championship. I think Wilson was only at a hole for a couple of months, if I remember correctly, last season. Um, Mount's been out in Holland and Marriott has been in League One so it might take a little bit of time for them to really kind of get up to speed with the Championship but when they do they should all complement each other really well and give Derby some um, some really good options going forward um, the one that I'm really interested to see about is Paddy McNair up at Middlesbrough um, really talented uh, defensive midfielder up there it'll be interesting to see how he um, develops under Tony Pulis's, um and his um, his guidance because he did do pretty well at Sunderland despite them having a very disappointing season. So going into a um, I guess a much more high quality squad that will be probably pushing for automatic promotion. It'll be interesting to see how he um, fits in with their players. Yeah, you made some great points there, and uh, some off- obviously some uh, 
great players to look out for in the championship. What about yourself, Guto? Have you got anyone else other than that? Um, I, th- I think <laughs> from a Welsh point, we're looking at, looking at Joe Allen, um, who's committed his future to Stoke. Um, I, I think he could absolutely tear up the championship next season. He's he's far too good for for the championship. I'm amazed that he's actually stuck with Stoke. I think he needs to sack his agent, if I'm honest, <laughs> because uh, he, he has no place at all in this division. Uh, but he, he could absolutely shine. Um, and, and another newcomer, but coming up the other way, um, Bradley Dack. We've mentioned him earlier. Um, he, in terms of style, he, he's just brilliant to watch because he's got he's, he's obviously get into dangerous areas. He's got a good finish on him. He's uh, he, he's very creative as well. But he's also you know really bulky and strong and can can tussle physically as well. Um, I, th- I think he's absolutely key to everything that, that Blackburn do. And um, I, I I think he has the potential to be one of the best players in the in the division uh, next season, even though it's. It's his first season in there, um, so he's one of the ones I'm really looking forward to. Um, other than, of course, the usual suspects. Um, one player I am interested in, Forestieri, uh, Louis, uh, who obviously yeah. do know very, very well. I think he's absolutely key to how Sheffield Wednesday do this season. You know, we saw how Wednesday really suffered last season when he was out for such a long time. Came back towards the end of the season, and looked fantastic. I know he um, had a bit of a controversial moment against Mansfield in a in a preseason friendly the other day, um, but if if Wednesday can keep hold of him and keep him fit, um, then I, I you know he's he's a player that I love to watch and um, think he could have a, another really huge impact. Yeah, obviously I agree. You know, from my perspective, I wasn't going to mention Forestieri, but seeing as you've you've brought him up, is you know when he's on form and. When he's fully fit, you know, he, he is one of the best players in the league. And, and that's not me being biased, I don't think. You know, I'd, I'd be the first to say otherwise. If, if not, he, you know, he has got the potential to, to score probably 13, 14 goals in a season and grab as many assists as well. Um, so I'm just hoping, like you said there, if he stays fully fit and he's playing week in, week out at the back end of last season, yes, he... he he was scoring goals for fun. I think he scored something like six goals in eight or nine games. So, yes, he, he was back to his best. And I just hope that continues into this season. Uh, the season. The biggest one for me, I've already mentioned mentioned him, so I'm not going to go into detail. But Harry Wilson, I, again, I believe he's going to be fantastic this season and a, a key player to watch out for. The other one that I've... Uh, he's, again, he's unplayable on his day, but Adama Traore at Middlesbrough. Um, now... He potentially could move away from Middlesbrough if a Premier League team comes in for him. Um, but last season, again, he, he was injured and he has an impact sub. But I think he had some stupid stats that he played something like he made 26 starts last season. Um, I believe he scored about four goals, but he, he had about 16 assists. It was unbelievable. Um, so, yes, if you're looking for pace and power in the championship, look no further than Adama. Triore next season. Um, moving on to top league goalscorer predictions. Obviously, uh, an interesting topic because you know it, it finished Matty Vidra last season. Probably not many people would have predicted that. Um, going into this season, is you know, is there any particular players that do stand out, or or a dark horse who you think potentially could win uh, top league goalscorer this season? Um, We've start with you, obviously, Simeon. Is is there anyone who, who you believe could could 
could win that accolade? I think the most obvious for me is Lewis Graben, um, considering how well he did last season, scoring goals for fun for two very different clubs in Sunderland and Villa. Um, if he can get that many goals for um, a side that's struggling like Sunderland, he should be fine at Nottingham Forest, where he's got some um, probably some very good players uh, creating for him. I think uh, that um, new signing, well, Corv- uh, Joe Carvalho coming in from Benfica, should be able to provide him with plenty of chances. So there's a lot of quality there, and um, having the advantage of being at one club all season, rather than having to adapt from Sunderland to Villa um, midway through the season, should mean that he's uh, one of the favourites for top scorer. Um, yeah. Other people who performed really well last season, Vidra and Asomba Longa, um, really, um, really good goal scoring from them last season, but it'll be interesting to see where they end up this uh, summer. I think Vidra was spotted in um, in Leeds today um, with a potential move from Derby, so it'll be interesting to see if he's on his way out and then Marriott replaces him. But if Marriott does replace him, he's got some good creativity as well um, with people like Mount and Wilson um, giving him chances. So there's a lot of different, lot of different options there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you've mentioned Graben, and, and I've I wrote him down. I, you know, I, I'd expect him to be pushing for 20 goals again this season. And if if Forest potentially do well and can finish top half or even push playoffs, then I'd expect him to probably be pushing for 25 goals. Uh, but yeah, it's it's always difficult to obviously choose a top goal scorer, and it'll probably be by the end of the season someone we've not even mentioned. But what's your thoughts, Guto? Um, you've named a lot of the names. Um, it is interesting because the last two, last season's top two top goal scorers are still likely to be in the championship next season. Graben obviously is, um, uh, you know, part of the uh, well, the, the push by Forrest to get back into the Premier League. Um, that he's going to, you'd imagine, get. Uh, it was weird with Graben because he, he he did really really well at Forest, but when he went to Villa, I don't know. I think. I, I'm not sure if he ever really fitted in that team. I know he got a, a couple of goals for them, but he he went through. A, I don't know. A, I I I never really thought he fitted into that that team particularly well. Um, so it will be interesting to see how he does at Forest. Vidra, there's a lot of talk about him going to Leeds, um, and that that's intriguing for me. The only, I mean, I I can't I can't imagine that. Derby would want to let him go after what happened last season. I don't know if his financial constraints trying to keep up with financial fair play. I, I have no idea. But, um, I mean, because when you look at Fidja's stats last season, Derby won three quarters of the games um, that he scored in last season. And they, they only won, well, they, they won less than 30% of the ones where he didn't score. They are pretty dependent on him. And you would have thought that with Wilson and Mount, they're creating chances for him too. That he'd, you know, get into, they'd get get have a good chance of getting similar figures again, um, but maybe they're thinking, oh, he can't repeat next this season, and they've got Marriott in, of course, so maybe they um, let him go. Um, you named a Sombolonga there, and that's going to be an interesting one. He clearly didn't fit in with with Tony Pulis. I'm just hoping that he leaves uh, Middlesbrough and finds another club um, because he's not going to become top scorer under Tony Pulis. But if he can find a club where he is valued and made the main man, then then we know what he can do in the championship. Um, from a Swans point of view, uh, we've got high hopes for Ollie McBurney, uh, who had a brilliant loan spell at Barnsley last season. He was pretty much the only 
uh, good thing that was going on in that club in the second half of last season. Scored one and two there. Um, we're hoping that he can um, score at a similar rate for Swansea. Uh, he's had to bite his time here. He scored a lot of goals at youth level. Didn't really get any chance, chance while we were in the Premier League, but he's now proven that he can get goals in the Championship. He is a proper goal poacher, uh, a real old-fashioned striker. Uh, and with him, it's just a question of getting him service because I think if we do get him service, we are going to see him score a lot of goals. So he is kind of an outside chance um, for me for, for that top goal scorer bet. And, and if he does actually score more than 15 goals, then Swansea are going to have a good season. Well, I'm just looking, actually. Oliver McBurney is uh, not a bad price. You can get 26 to 1 on McBurney finishing top goal scorer, so it might even be worth a nice each-way bet. Uh, but if I go through the other players that we have mentioned, um, the, the favourite to finish top goal scorer in the league is uh, Benny Kofobe at 9 to 1. Um, after that, you've got Jay Rodriguez at 11 to 1. And then the one for me who I'd potentially put money on, but Simeon and uh, Guto have already mentioned, like Asomba Longa really needs um, to be that main man up front, uh, potentially even as a lone striker to score 20 plus goals a season. I think my money would be on, on him this year. Um, I kind of expect Middlesbrough to do really well, but like you say, under Pulis, whether that would work. I am not so sure, but you can get 13 to one on a somber longer. Um, Lewis Graben, obviously we mentioned he's fourth on the list um, at 15 to one. So he'd be a decent bet. Um, a lot of people are probably forgetting about last season in terms of Sheffield United's main man, Leon Clark. Um, he's 15 to one this season. Um, and Vidra, again, uh, one of the top goal scorers last season, who potentially may be moving, is 17 to 1. Uh, a couple more I'll just read off. So Bojan, 17 to 1. Wilfred Boney, 19 to 1. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, I hope not, uh, 20 to 1. Jack Marriott was mentioned there at 23s. Uh, Sean Maguire, 23s as well. Uh, Jonathan Codger at 26 is probably a decent bet and if you fancy a dark horse based on last season Atty Nuiu at 67 to 1 I thought I'd just throw that one out there um don't know if that's a joke or not by the way and uh let's move on next topic would be automatic and relegation predictions so obviously it's very early days with 46 games to play um but in terms of who stands out for automatic promotion and potentially who would be relegated? Who's your early prediction, Simeon? Who, 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 what are your thoughts for, obviously, top two, um, or three, if you like, and then uh, your bottom three? I guess top two, I'm looking at Middlesbrough as my, as my absolute favourites to go up automatically. They did really well last season. I know it was um, a struggle for a lot of it, but Tony Pulis really got them playing some effective football by the, by the end of the season. Uh, looked really good. They've got a lot of talent there. Defensively, they're very sound. People like Aidan Flint in the side. Um, Paddy Manair coming in as well. And Troyor, if they can keep him, probably the best player in the league in terms of creativity, certainly with his pace and um, creating chances for others. And Asamba Longa, if he's scoring goals as well, although it uh, be interesting to see how he kind of carries on under Pulis. But as it stands, considering Pulis's experience, uh, I think he's got to be the, the favourite to take them up, really. Um, very good side, Stoke as well in terms of the amount of money that I got to spend and have got available for um, for new players and the quality they've got. People like Ince, who did really well in the last couple of years in the Championship, so um, he gives them a lot of quality going forwards. Afobe with his goals too. 
interesting to see who kind of who flops really because there's every season in the championship there's always um one side that you expect to do really well and just yep. falls away after the first couple of weeks it was reading a couple of years ago um i think forest did it a couple of years ago under stuart pierce um as well there's always that team that really starts off all guns blazing and then just falls away uh leads last season as well another good example so it even after a couple of months, it's hard to really predict who's going to last the course, who's going to um, who's going to manage to to stay on in there. Um, and I, I don't know really. Um, you have to ask me around Christmas, to be honest, um, for those playoff spots. Down the other end of the table, Rotherham and Bolton are my um, two teams that I really fear for the most. I think Bolton have got a lot of problems behind the scenes. Had a player's strike recently in the. Um, in pre-season, Rotherham naturally probably don't have the same amount of quality as other teams in the division. Um, in terms of the third spot to go down, a lot of people have been talking about Reading going down, which is not okay with me, to be honest. We weren't very good last season at all, but I still think we'll manage to kind of improve a little bit and just push on up the table. Um, for other sides, though, Hull struggled and might struggle again. Um, Birmingham have that. Um, transfer embargo as well, which could kind of um, prevent really kicking on this season. So I'm, I'm not sure about that third spot, but it could be it could be anyone really. Yeah, you've, you've kind of mirrored what I was going to say, uh, so I'll quickly mention it before we move on to Gutu. Uh, but I uh, I believe that Middlesbrough and Stoke City for me in no particular order, but I think those two will be. Um, the ones who will be promoted automatically. I know it's easy to say that and it doesn't always work out that way, uh, but there's also the, the two favourites to go up. Um, via the playoffs, I know, again, early days, I'll be completely wrong, but I think West Brom are really going to be good at home this season. That might potentially see them through into the top six and then after that it is a lottery, as we know, uh, but West Brom should be kind of good for their money this season so I'd, I'd have them potentially as an outside bet if I was putting money on that in terms of relegation um, again uh, like you said Simeon there I, I fear for Rotherham and Bolton um, the other team that I've got there that I kind of fear for and I think they could probably finish third from bottom is QPR I expect them to probably have a very lacklustre season and, and, and struggle and, and potentially underachieve maybe and, and you know at the end of the season, on the last day, maybe go down in that third spot with Rotherham and Bolton. Uh, but, you know, like we mentioned, we could be completely wrong, and we usually are when we make predictions 46 games previously. Uh, but what's your thoughts on that, Guto? Yeah, it, it's difficult, not just, you know, because when you're in the Premier League, you know oh, the top six is going to be the top six. You just have to pick an order, and, and you kind of know who's going to be down uh, battling relegation for the most part. The, 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 the brilliant thing about the championship every season is where, when you start off the season, you have absolutely no idea really <laughs> how things are going to go. You, could, you know, everything could point towards one team doing particularly well, and they could flop, like you said, with with the uh, previous examples from from the last few years. Um, I, I agree. The Stoke are definitely one of the main candidates to go back up again. I think they've um, they've had a really good summer, um, keeping players, bringing in a good manager. Um, and uh, bring in one or two new faces who are used to the championship and who they will know um, are likely to, to flourish this season. So I, th- I think they are my favourites to go up. Um, I'm actually going to go for Derby as the second favourite. Obviously, it, it, 
it is a bit of an unknown how Frank Lampard is going to turn out. I think he is actually going to turn out quite well as a manager. He is extremely intelligent. Um, he um, seems to understand the game very well in his punditry. Again, that doesn't mean that he's going to be a, a great manager. Um, obviously, he's he is new to the championship. That's going to be a new test for him. But um, he's got a very exciting young squad. Well, uh, he's got a very exciting squad there with a few new youngsters coming through as well who he can really mould into effective players. Um, I don't think anybody's going to enjoy playing against Derby this season. They are going to carry an attacking threat throughout um, and um, so I, I put them as my second favourites, but they are also capable of bombing, as as we all know um, from um, from previous seasons. Um, uh, as far as Middlesbrough go, I, I I don't know. There's something about Pulis which I'd, I'd be amazed if they don't make the playoffs. But in terms of you know getting into that top two, I'm not sure. There's something about Pulis which he's the kind of manager if if it's kind of nil nil with. 10 minutes to go, is he really going to go for that win? Um, last season we saw Cardiff go up purely because they di- they didn't always play brilliantly. In fact, a lot of the time they were awful. But when it came to that final 10 minutes, they could just find a goal from somewhere which would turn a defeat into a draw, a draw into a win. I'm not sure if Pulis has got that same kind of characteristic to him. Um, he, he's, he's a bit too conservative maybe for those moments. And that's why I think maybe Barrell will miss out on, on the top two um, but apart from that, I mean, Forrest could, you know, get get this project going in the same way the Wolves did, and they could they could be right up there. Um, you know, West Brom have have a good chance of um, of having a decent season. There, there are quite a few other teams that you can say if this goes right for them, they'll be right up there. But um, a lot as well depends on who who does well in the final two weeks of the uh, of the transfer window um, for relegation. Uh, Saying the same kind of things you said, Bolton, you know they've they've got their problems. They're going to have another season. I do actually think they've made one or two good signings, um, but still, there are those underlying problems which suggest that they're going to have another season of struggle. Rotherham don't have a, an amazing squad on paper. Um, they are probably going to be. They're definitely going to be down around that bottom three and struggling to stay in the division. I too think QPR could be in trouble. They would be my pick for the third spot. Um, their squad isn't brilliant. Um, they, they've got Steve McLaren in there now. Uh, well, you know, he, he, usually these days when Steve McLaren gets his fingerprints on something, it, it ends quite badly. Um, so uh, I'm I'm actually saying QPR for my third pick, but I am a little bit worried about Reading. Um, I think McNulty could be a good signing, but I'm, I'm I uh, you know they were so bad last season and just stayed up by the by the skin of their teeth. Paul Clement did not have much of an impact there last season, um, and I I know from experience at Swansea that when the chips are down and when times get tough, Paul Clement is not always the guy that you want to to kind of turn things around. He's not brilliant under that kind of pressure. So um, I think Reading will have a tough season to just about stay up. Yeah, it always probably seems slightly easier to predict the teams that would go down uh, than the ones that would go up uh, but it was quite interesting you mentioned Forrest there Guto because they are having a look now uh, four favourites uh, behind Stoke, Middlesbrough, West Brom and then Forrest to go up uh, via automatic promotion with Leeds then in fifth and Swansea in sixth uh, which is quite interesting um, but yeah in, term, in terms of relegation again we know you know me and Simeon we 
<laughs> this league, anyone can beat anybody on their day. And sometimes you, you, you find a run of form where you win four games in a month and you shoot right up the table. And we discuss it a lot on, a lot on the championship pod that draws aren't always good enough either. Sometimes you can go away to a team and you can play for a draw. And a lot of teams will probably try and go to Stoke and, and play for a draw. But in this league, it's not good enough because if, if you continue to draw, you just you, you, you fall down that table. So, yes, it's, it, it's going to be an interesting season again. And our predictions, like like I said, it's will probably be completely wayward. Uh, but moving into previews and predictions for the first games, um, round one of the league term, uh, it is Reading versus Derby who kick off the championship season, which is on Friday the 3rd of August, I believe, at 8pm. Um, so obviously we've got Simeon here to talk us through that. Uh, what's your preview on predictions, Simeon? Um, I imagine Derby will be the favourites for that after the the signings they've made and our um, relative uh, disappointment in the transfer market so far. But considering they're going to have to bed in all these players, Marriott, Wilson, Mount, and you've got Frank Lampard going into his very first game as a manager, I think it'd be hard to hard to predict. Um, they could look very good going forwards, but I do just think um, maybe things like organisation and game management, they tend to really kind of develop over the course of a couple of months, especially with the new manager. So they might uh, look very easy on the eye, but I still think we'll be able to get out of them. We'll still be able to um, do pretty well against them. We've got a good defence. Liam Moore is a um, very good defender, so he should be able to keep out Marriott. I'd back him in that, to be honest. Um, but it'll be a very tight game. Um, if we can keep him out and try and limit um, what they can do down our end of the pitch, then hopefully nick a goal or two, but with us having not brought in a striker yet, we could really struggle for um, for well many goals at all, to be honest. Um, might have to come from a set piece, might have to come from um, a lucky break, but if we can get that, I'd back us against them, to be honest. Uh, what kind of push you for a score prediction? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to go with 1-1. One, one. Yeah, it's, I, you know what, I... I... I'd say the same. I'd say 1-1. One, one. I, I believe that'll be on Sky as well, is it, Simeon, on the Friday? Uh, it is indeed. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I, ex- I, I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, when it's on Friday, first game of the season, like I said, anyone can beat anyone. And, I, you know, there's no reason why Reading can't win that. Um, Sheffield United are at home to Swansea. If you'd like to talk us through that one, Guto, obviously a, t- a tough away fixture of the first game of the season for you. Yeah, we don't have a great record against um, Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. Um, it's, it's always been, <laughs> whenever I've been there, it's been a source of misery. The one time I didn't go there, we, we won 3 0 in the FA Cup. So it's probably a good thing that I'm not able to go this year. Uh, that will give us a little bit of luck. But um, it is going to be a tough one. They had uh, a very good season last year, even though it kind of uh, tailed off at the, at the end. Um, Chris Wilder is a manager I, I really admire. I think, you know, when you, when you look at his teams, they are. They are always impressive, and um, he tends to start seasons as well. Um, as well, um, so it's going to be uh, a tough game. Our preparations have been kind of hampered by the by the uh, the transfer uh, difficulties. Um, our preseason has not been as smooth as we would have liked it to be, and my feeling is that by the time we kick off against Sheffield United, we'll still have an incomplete squad, uh, and we'll still have gaps in that first team. 
Um, and, and I just think Sheffield United, I can see them starting the season with a lot of energy and a lot of kind of drive and, and, and eagerness to start on the, on the front foot. And I'm not sure if we are going to be quite up to speed yet. I think it's going to be a difficult game for us. Um, so I, I'm actually quite pessimistic about that opening match. Uh, even though we do have a good recent record um, for opening games of the season, we, we haven't lost one in quite a while now. So, uh, But I think this may buck the trend. I think Sheffield United will win by uh, a goal to nil. <laughs> you are being very pessimistic. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can see why you're saying that, though. You know, Sheffield United were really good at home last season, and if they continue to do so, then, you know, it, it's going to be a very tough fixture for Swansea to get something out of it. Although Swansea, on paper, you know, you, you would expect they could at least come away with a draw, maybe. Uh, but who knows on the first game of the season? Uh, my team, Sheffield Wednesday, travel to Wigan. Again, you don't know what to expect, especially from a team that's just been promoted from League One. They'll want to obviously continue the promotion party at least a little bit by uh, winning on the opening day. Whether that's you know, going to bode well for us, I don't know, playing against a, a promoted side. I'm just hoping that Sheffield Wednesday... On paper, we've got that, obviously, a bit more quality, uh, especially in the attacking third. So I'm going to predict that Sheffield Wednesday win that game 2-1. to one. Um, And winning your first game on the opening day is, you know, is, is, is no better feeling. Um, but unfortunately, guys, uh, with that, we're out of time. So if you'd like to just let everybody know where they can find you, now will be a good time. You can follow me on Twitter at SimFromBucks. Um, and the Tyler Stend as well uh, on Twitter at the Tyler Stend. I am Gitter Llewellyn, uh, and you can uh, hear me on the Jackcast, which is the Swansea City podcast at the Jackcast. And I've been your host, Louis Shackshaft. You can find me on Twitter, which is just my name, or you can visit my website, louisshackshaft.com, where you can find all my work, which includes my articles and blogging, etc. We want to thank you for listening to the first episode of the new season on the Championship Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Championship Pod, where we uh, obviously update with um, polls, news, transfers, etc. as they happen. And obviously we pin the um, latest show on our pin tweet at Championship Pod on Twitter so you can find the episode there. Uh, but we'd like to thank you all for listening and we hope you join us next time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.